I am really here just to say a big warm welcome um, from the Ethos Lab to the Feminist Futures Hackathon. And um, I think in, in kind of being part of the organising team of this hackathon, um, it would be really good to explain a little bit about the Ethos Lab, why we exist and what we do. So um, this is our lab. It's literally three floors up there. Um, so we are mostly faculty and students. Um, we teach on these courses at ITU. Sometimes we dabble in radio and podcasting and we also like to share ideas with our students in the atrium there. Um, so we also run a lot of activities in-house for our students, like a junior researcher program where um, our primarily master's students, but also bachelor's students get a chance to do a research project for themselves. So perhaps a long-term hackathon of an idea that they're super curious about. We also run a Python study group so that people who are interested in learning to code for whatever reason um, can learn to do that in a supportive and fun environment. And then we also run open hours so anyone can drop in uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays to have a chat with us. Um, we run lots of workshops, and this is maybe my favourite slide. Um, so we, we ran a workshop last year with um, Kat Jungnickel, who is in the pink at the very back of that photo on the left, who does a workshop, who does a project called Politics of Patents. So it's a really material feminist project which looks at um, women inventors of costumes and outfits from the uh, 1800s through until the 2020s and recreates them to get a feel for what the inventor was thinking at the time and what societal norms they were fighting against during that time. Um, and we also ran some, um, some workshops investigating the smart speaker. That's what you can see on the other side. Um, in the space itself, we have lots of machines and we also have a library. We are home to the only library at ITU. Um, we don't have a library here anymore. Um, so we, we curate a small collection of books uh, around feminist science and technology studies that um, anyone is free to come and browse and borrow from and, um, and learn a bit from as well. We have a 3D printer, an embroidery machine. We have it set up as a co-working space. And Luis has also set up a solar server which runs and hosts our website, so when it's super cloudy in Copenhagen, there might be times where the website stops working, but um, we think that's a really important um, thing to investigate and look at thinking how we can do more slow computing and perma computing and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of the methods that we, we play with, um, we started our life as a digital methods lab, so a lot of investigating social media data and that kind of thing. But over time, we've branched out into role play, so some of our lab members are really into using Mage as a device to investigate the world and think about how we can intervene in the world. We think about um, deletion, removal and absence. So what isn't there and why isn't something there and how can we include things more? Uh, we also do experimental ethnography and experimental writing. And as the, um, as the picture of the embroidery machine on its first voyage shows, we, we enjoy making things and demonstrating our data through material formats. Um, so, in terms of the IT university, we talk a lot about um, being more inclusive and diverse and at a big scale we talk about that in relation to how many women can we get to enrol on our programs and I think that's a fairly blunt instrument to, to talk about diversity through. So, a having a feminist lab in an IT university actually really helps us think through what that could look like, what that should look like, um, and challenging those dominant narratives. And we hope that sometimes we are successful. Um, sometimes it can be tricky, trickier than we would like. Um, we also do fairy light diplomacy, and I feel like it's always worth including that point on the slides, but it requires some explanation. Um, and 
a room with a giant mirror ball is not a great place to explain it. Um, but as you can see, this is pretty much a glass, steel and concrete building. And it can feel very not so hoogly. So um, we, we wanted to put lights up to remind ourselves that this can be a space, a space of care and solidarity and collaboration. And little by little, there have been other parts of the university where lights have gone up. So that's, that's quite nice. Um, these are a list of our publications. I won't go into detail on them, but um, I think if you're interested, you can ask myself or Henrietta or Luis or anyone else who is a member of the lab um, during the days of the hackathon. But these are the kind of things that we are really interested in looking at. Um, but we also have aspirations, um, especially after the, the pandemic, we felt like it was a chance to renew our, our aspirations for who we want to work with and who we want to explore the world with together. So we would love to collaborate with like-minded research groups. So if you're here from uh, not ITU, but an academic um, space, feel free to ask us about how you might want to collaborate. Um, we would really love thoughtful collaborations with community groups and third sector organizations. Um, and we would really like to keep the lab as a space of care. So we're quite selective about that. And also we publish. We publish lots of small booklets, which are, are great. So hopefully we will, oh, you've got some code poetry books there as well. So that's great. So you can see a little bit of a flavor of what we do in the lab. But that's me. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tina, and I'm uh, the representative from Ida, uh, who is yeah, a proud partner of Feminist uh, Futures Copenhagen, uh, Feminist Futures Hackathon Copenhagen. Uh, I, al I also just want to mention that I actually just last month finished a, a master's degree in curating, uh, where I explored um, how to work with alternative tech futures across art, technology, and design. So, but that's not why I'm here. Uh, so, Ida is a trade union and an interest organization, uh, and we represent engineers, natural science professionals, and IT professionals, and students, of course. Uh, we currently have a strong focus on diversity, inclusion, and equity at Ida, and it's both from an organizational perspective, because we want to make sure that all members feel included in the union, and it's also from a societal perspective, uh, because we also want to influence the technological development in a direction that is fair, just, and inclusive. Uh, so apart from being a union that provides career and legal uh, advice, um, we also host more than 3,000 events on a yearly basis. Uh, these events are primarily organized by our many professionals uh, or our many professional networks at EDA meaning that uh, it's, uh, they are driven by members and it's for members. But sometimes we also uh, support external initiatives and partner up with people and organizations that we be believe stir the technological development in a direction that is like po um, more positive uh, and that thereby add values to the tech system or sorry, to the tech ecosystem or society in general. Uh, Feminist Futures Hackathon Copenhagen is one of these partners and organizations um, that we believe is like very valuable and important. And we are very proud to support them and also you in developing uh, a feminist future. Let's see with or without tech. Um, and we are looking forward to learning from you, listening to your like ideas, concepts, thoughts, um, and that we believe that this, yeah, what you will be producing and what you will be thinking can be of inspiration to like us. Um, we find this initiative uh, highly relevant and needed, and we have a huge trust um, that the approach and also its organizers, uh, and we are very grateful that you have invited Ida to be part of this. And yeah, as you mentioned, that we have been a part of this from a very early stage. And I can personally say that I'm like super impressed 
by the like carefulness, the generosity, like the uh, how you have um, yeah organized this whole uh, this this whole event. I think it's very both like yeah very ambitious and it's very careful at the same time. So I think you really like practice what you preach, and I'm I'm looking at all the organizers. So. With that said, as you can hear, the expectations from Ida and from me are like very huge, and um, yeah, we cannot wait to follow you and like um, hearing like all the ideas and thoughts that will be produced along the way. So, on behalf of Ida, I wish you all a wonderful, fun, careful Feminist Futures Hackathon in Copenhagen. I'm, I'm Sina, representing the Algorithms, Data and Democracy Project. It's such a pleasure to be here, and God, you are beautiful people. Wow. I'm so excited that we get to play a small part in the experiment and the journey, and just the, this, this whole thing that I, I think is, is just wonderful, and it's amazing that you're, you're doing this. So yeah, just in advance, thank you, everybody. And taking a step back, um, let me just talk a little bit about what the Algorithms, Data and Democracy, or the ADD project, as we also call it, what it is and, and why we're here. So basically, ADD is a research project seeking to advance digital democracy. And so you might wonder, what, what is a research project doing sort of partnering up in an event like this? So if, if I may be as, as bold as to say that, that ADD is not your usual research project. We're a 10-year project. We're in year two, so we'll be continuing until 2031. And uh, we cover a big outreach uh, section, a lot of outreach initiatives, and have six university partners spanning Roskilde University, where I'm at and my colleagues are at. I'll, I'll say a bit more about them in a, in a second. And then sort of moving through, um, and I like to position myself sort of in the humanities uh, area of the sort of socio-technical spectrum. And so we move through Roskilde University to Aarhus University and Aalborg University, really sort of science and technology studies people. We've got the CBS, Copenhagen Business School, partnering. And then we're moving through uh, University of Southern Denmark, who are really into innovation and such things, and all the way to <coughs> Department of Computer Science at University of Copenhagen. So really trying to cover the sort of spectrum from the humanities and all the way to the technical sciences, looking into these issues of how might we use our interdisciplinary knowledges to understand the ways in which... Uh, digital technologies are transforming our societies at the moment and also thinking about how we might use technologies in different ways. We often think about how digitalization is, is threatening democracy, but we could turn that around and think about ways in which new technologies could help us enhance democracy because like the idea that democracy was good in the first place, well, maybe, maybe there's room for improvement still but maybe that also needs some changes in direction. So we're looking into that, focusing on various controversies around algorithms and data, but also thinking about the ways in which algorithms and data are already shaping how we can discuss things. So I like to talk about sort of controversial algorithms and algorithmic controversies and the interlinkage between those things. So various controversies that we're looking at at the moment have to do with, for instance, cybersecurity, predictive algorithms and how they're used in the public administration, questions of, of how algorithmic developments are changing, how we think about innovation, how we think about finance and insurance and various issues, and also how algorithms and data are shaping issues of health to do with data for decision-making, to do with the digital organization of health space. And I'm mentioning that particularly because that's the work that we're doing at Roskilde University. And so I'm happy to have uh, my team members from Roskilde University here, Sarah and Nana, um, who will be joining as 
mentors for the Bodies of Care group. And also Linnea will be joining that group as a participant and a participant observer. We're hoping to also do some research while we're here. And so Linnea will be talking to the group about how that's going to be done, because of course, we won't ever collect any data without the full consent and participation of everybody involved. So that's sort of the more specific reason we're here, is we're interested in, in issues of health, and we think bodies of care is a great way of going about this. And so we're really looking forward to the work of all of you. It's not like we're singling out that group as the only one we're interested in. We think every, everything that's going on here, and in fact, Sarah and I used to work at Copenhagen Business School in a project focusing on, on alternative organization and, and solidarity economies. And Sarah has a paper called something, something Utopias. So it's not like we're not interested in any of the other topics. Just wanted to flag that. And uh, looking at my notes and the time, I think that's it for me. I'm really looking forward to following this process and to seeing all the great results that I'm sure will come out of it. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Mirza. I come from PROSA, which is a, a union for IT professionals. Uh, a little bit about me personally. I think this is an exciting project. And I'm really happy that we got to be part of it. I'm a father of uh, two small kids. So uh, in actuality, to reference something Henrietta said, every day when I look at my son and my uh, daughter, uh, I think about what type of feminist futures I could provide for them. Because uh, I'd like them to grow up in a society that's different than the one we have today where uh, they both have equal opportunities uh, and access to the same opportunities uh, uh, regardless of who they are, what they choose to do in life. So um, I think this is a, an amazing uh, project uh, that uh, uh, should push society in a direction that we would like to see it in. So on a personal level, I think this is quite amazing. On a professional level, I'm here representing PROSA. Uh, we are a union that is uh, big on opinions. We are very politically active, and we organize IT professionals only. So that's our niche. We think we, we understand IT people, and uh, we like to keep it that way. But we're also uh, very politically engaged. Uh, we're constantly pushing the envelope on what is uh, acceptable within IT, uh, how IT should be used within society, both with regards to politics, to genders, to data-driven um, decisions, to algorithm, predictive policing, and all sorts of other issues that arise. We have uh, very strong opinions, and we like to share these. So we're constantly engaging politically. Um, I can also say that uh, PROSA has been a, a, a disruptor uh, within the field of IT and is always looking to support people who are disrupting uh, norms, uh, regardless of what they're based on. We had our first uh, female um, chairperson uh, in 1990, and our first uh, female network uh, for IT professionals was organized in 2006. So we've, you know, we've been around the block. Um, but taking a look at some of the stuff that uh, we actually do in space, can you uh, switch the slide? <laughs> so um, here are some quick feminist facts. Uh, with regards to our members, one-sixth of our members are women. That is fairly low. Uh, and I mean, we're not tearing our hair out yet, but it's something we'd like to improve. And that's why we're constantly present at events like these, where we'd like to uh, give people the information that there is an IT-based uh, union that can be for women as well uh, as for men. So we'd uh, like more female members, because that way we can also represent you guys better and understand what you need in, with regards to representation. Uh, so we are actively working on recruiting more women. No need for panic quite yet. Um, yep, moving on to the next slide. So um, how do we do this? Well, we're active in the media uh, sphere. Um, we've done poster campaign, uh, campaigns promoting uh, historical IT figures uh, with regards to women, how they've changed technology. There is, a, a, there is an, sometimes a, a conscious bias and sometimes an unconscious bias in deleting uh, female and their roles within uh, technological innovations. We think that that's a, a huge misstep and a big shame. So we tried to change that. We are also doing uh, social media posts and, and focus posts in general on IT leaders in Denmark, specifically female ones, because we'd like to promote that uh, women are as, uh, as good at IT as men are and that they can uh, do amazing things. So we constantly try and promote female leaders and innovators within the IT space. 
Uh, we are also uh, constantly doing articles uh, in our Prosa magazine, uh, where we're focusing on uh, feminist ideologies and how uh, IT affects women. And also, uh, we, are, uh, we have actually done an article series exposing uh, harassment within the workplaces, because we, uh, as a union, of course, don't tolerate that, and we think that that should be exposed. It's one of the, one of the weapons in our toolbox when we find workplaces that are uh, basically being hostile towards uh, females. So it's, it's one of the things that we do uh, in the media. Then uh, with regards to networking, networking, we have the Prosa Women Network. As I said, uh, that's been active uh, since 2006. Um, they do uh, events, they do meetups, they share um, information about projects like these and other interesting things. Uh, and it's a, it's a great place where uh, you, know, you get to uh, be with uh, your own uh, kin, so to speak, uh, without uh, somebody coming in and telling you what you should and you shouldn't do. It's basically controlled by the members and is for the members. Uh, and I've asked if I could join and they've let me join once or twice because I'm curious to see what they do, uh, and I, f I feel it's amazing. They're, they're, they share, and it's not just on IT specifically, they've done a lot of interesting events like how women can be more active in uh, investing, uh, how to invest consciously in, in uh, something like sustainable uh, options instead of you know, oil and stuff like that. Um, and then with regards to uh, events, uh, we have Girls Night. I don't like that name. Nobody else has come up with a better alternative. So maybe you can join and uh, give us inspiration. But um, these are uh, yearly uh, returning social events uh, for uh, our female members. Uh, we, uh, every year we mark the 8th of March, uh, which is International Women's Day. We uh, sponsor and co-arrange events like uh, Women in Tech, Women in Games, and uh, also something like Feminist Futures. So whenever we see an option to mark uh, our presence, uh, we like to do that. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, there, is a, there is a lot of improvement to be had within this space. Um, one of the interesting things is that in, in Western society, there's actually uh, a much bigger um, proportion of uh, men working in IT, which is quite odd because IT is not a physical job as such. It's something that requires logical thinking and math, and women and men are equally good at that. Actually, in a lot of cases, women are sometimes better than men. Um, so one of, uh, I wanted to share a, a personal anecdote. Um, I'm married to an Iranian, and I've been in Iran several times, and the interesting thing is in Iran, there's actually more women working in IT than men. And I've always thought that interesting because Iran is very female hostile in all other aspects. So we've actually had a couple of Iranian IT professionals who are now living in Denmark uh, and promoted them uh, to get their voice heard, especially with the situation in Iran. So we're always trying to identify where uh, we as men uh, don't necessarily shouldn't be the ones leading the charge and uh, leave it to the ones that actually have something to say about it. Um, so that's a little bit about us. Uh, if you'd like to hear more, uh, you can find me and my colleague Heidi over there. We'll uh, stick around for about an hour uh, if you'd like to hear more about the membership. And uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what you guys produce. Uh, I think it'll be quite amazing. Uh, and I wish you a very good and productive, uh, safe, innovative, and imaginative uh, Feminist Futures Hackathon. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and thank you. So yeah, I'm Daniela. I'm from Novo Nordisk. And I just want to say that we are very excited to be here and to support this hackathon, and especially the Bodies of Care track. But before I jump into that, maybe I can do just a short introduction to Novo Nordisk for the ones that don't really know. So we are a global healthcare company, and we were founded in 1923. So this year, we're marking our 100th year anniversary which is a super nice milestone and it's super interesting to see how the company evolved during these 100 years. We are headquartered in Denmark, but we have affiliates in more than 80 countries in the world and we are serving more than 40 million patients around the globe. But maybe you are wondering why are we here in this hackathon if we are just producing molecules and researching it? Well, Novo Nordisk is also looking a lot into digital solutions and technologies and how we can actually amplify our purpose through digital and data. And we have a lot of use cases going on from using robotics in production or AI during research and early development. 
but we have a lot of cases where technology is actually interacting with the bodies. So one example I have it here illustrated on the slide, because for example, a lot of people that suffer with diabetes, they are now using continuous glucose monitors. It's a device that you can just put it on your hand and then it monitors your blood sugar level throughout the day. And for example, with our new smart pens, patients are able to have in the app automatically the dose and the time that they injected the medicine, which helps a lot with diabetes management. And then just having all the data in one app really makes their life easier. We're also exploring a lot in the prevention side because a lot of our diseases that we are working on, there are chronic diseases, so they very much relate to the lifestyle that people have. And we are looking at the external environment, the different startups and other players, how we can actually collaborate with them, use different apps and solutions that are there to make their life easier, especially with all the wearables, tracking apps, and what's there. So one part of looking at the external environment, I know I mentioned startups, but we're also looking at academia. And academia that can be students, researchers, professors. So actually we've opened an innovation hub here at ITU. We are on the third floor, so we are neighbors with the Ethos Lab. And it's also a co-creation and co-working space. And the purpose of it is to create opportunities to ideate together with students, researchers, labs, academia. So I don't know if you are at ITU, student, researcher, professor, or here by any chance, you can always come up on the third floor, say hi to us, and explore different collaboration opportunities. We also host regular events, and here you can see some pictures of some of them. For the International Women's Day, we also hold the Women in Tech event. We do hackathons, workshops. We're trying to collaborate with students on their theses. So it's very diverse and very interesting. So if you have any questions or you would like to know more about it, you can just reach out to my colleagues, Tio and Marianne. They're going to be here during the break. So they can provide you more information about all of this. And also if you have any questions regarding careers. But last and not least, I want to specify that in Ovo Nordisk we are driven by our purpose. So we are very much looking into diversity, equity, inclusion. So we're very happy to support this initiative and also to see what amazing solutions you're all coming up with in two weeks or 16 days. So yeah, that was it from my side. Thank you. Hi everyone, it's so nice to be here. I'm, um, I'm Leah, I use they them pronouns and I'm a project coordinator at Another Life. Um, and just very briefly about us, who are we? Um, we are a non-profit organization working for better representation and less discrimination within the music and cultural industry in a Danish context for now. Um, we have been operating since 2021 um, and work with a number of different activities, uh, projects and media. Um, and maybe just to say, in this room or in this context, we are not really from an from, um, academic background, um, but basing our work a lot uh, from lived experience, which I think is an important knowledge practice to also bring into the space. Um, and our, our big vision in the organization is to have a cultural industry uh, where everyone is represented and no one is discriminated against. That's the big one. Um, our mission, um, our more practical mission, is to give the people working in the sectors the right tools to work with these issues and to support minoritized individuals and women to have a seat at the table and demand proper working conditions. Um, and I think another, th another thing that I would like to bring into this space today is that one of our core values is to also always aim for an intersectional approach, um, not just talking about uh, the binary gender spectrum or only about gender, but also looking into uh, ethnicity, disability, mental health issues, social class, body ideals, sexuality, 
religions and intersection of all of these identity categories um, and the ways we experience system of oppressions differently. Um, so that was a bit about the organization, but then what about this uh, track of commoning the archive um, and the archival practice as a political tool? Um, I think you can say that if we talk about another life's or region story, why we started, it was also due to an archival silence. Um, we saw like we, we saw a need um, or a, like a, a space where we just didn't have any information. Like we knew that we had issues in the music industry. We knew that we experienced discrimination as. Uh, gender minorities as women and as uh, ethnical minorities. Um, but there was no way where this uh, knowledge was actually like uh, stored or uh, collected. Um, and therefore, we started collecting data um, to try to see what it actually looked like in the music industry, uh, which resulted in, or so far has resulted in two reports um, where we have been mapping and analyzing how it looks in the industry with representation and discrimination. Um, and as <laughs> like uh, we all, like the, the people of starting this organization are from the more like cultural and humanities background and therefore we have also had a really nice team of sociologists helping us with the actual data work. One of them is sitting right here. <laughs> um, because it's also about, I think, uh, gathering different kinds of knowledges and, and relying on each other's strengths. Um, and, yeah, back on track. Um, <laughs> um, we, we have this, we are part of this track called Commoning the Archive. Um, and it is really, uh, we really want to prompt you to think about how we harvest knowledge and store knowledge in a caring way um, so that we also take the load of the, the singular minor minoritized person because we also see a tendency to, that it's the same people who have to repeat their stories, their, their experience over and over again and get on the stage uh, to tell that story and we want to think about other ways of caring for each other while collecting data, while collecting knowledge. Um, we have done it through the like anonymized survey and the more um, quantitative data and, and that I think is a really important um, part of it because it, it enables us to see that it's not just singular stories, it's not just singular people, but it's actually structural issues that we are dealing with. But on the other hand, the more, um, the more first-hand accounts also allows us to, to get more nuances um, and have a, a better feeling of what discrimination actually looks like. And therefore, um, we, <laughs> yeah, we want to prompt you to think about how how the archive can be used in a way to maybe also store personal stories, make, take them into common ground, but without relying on the singular being as the one carrying these stories, these narratives um, by themselves. Um, I don't know, I think that was maybe it for me. So next we have the um, Solidarity Economy track, uh, which I'm actually the track ambassador for. Um, and yeah, I just want to say that I'm personally very excited about this track because um, I'm super interested in how we can rethink value, how we can rethink our financial systems and who benefits and who controls and all these questions. And so I was really excited when uh, I found this partner, Flexberger, um, and I looked at their work and I was like, yes, 
they got it. They're, they're, they're on the wavelength, you know? Um, so I'm really, really happy. I'm trying to spot your hand now. You're there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm really happy to present Johanna to all of you, uh, who's here to represent Flexwagger. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Johanna, and um, I'm an interaction designer, and I am uh, uh, one co-owner of uh, Flexwagger, which is a, a workers-owned cooperative. We are, consist of five uh, co-owners um, and um, I'm very uh, happy to be invited uh, for this being partner in this uh, feminist future hackathon uh, and I'm very happy that you identified uh, Henriette that we were working with uh, solidarity economies because we hadn't like that hadn't been our that's not our usual uh, focus on what we're doing, but that's also part of what we're working with. Um, but I have been uh, uh, occupied with uh, alternative economies for a long time prior to Flexwerger. So uh, it, having somebody seeing this in, in my recent, my recent um, uh, work is very uh, important to me. So uh, in Flexwerger, we didn't, today we are a company trying to make a living out of working uh, with um, uh, trying to change the work, uh, the labor market. Um, but we started out as an activist project where we made this uh, magazine, which is about uh, addressing precarious work conditions. Uh, um, and it's a co-created project uh, created together with a lot of people working within this labor market, having precarious work conditions, being temporary employed, uh, self-employed, uh, uh, not being able to uh, save, up, uh, save, pension, uh, save up for pension and stuff like that. Um, so uh, in this process of researching, we, we stumbled upon the cooperative as a um, business model uh, that uh, made it uh, possible to create a more solidari uh, solidarity uh, form of working. So uh, after this uh, precarious project, we um, uh, Flexwerger actually is a Dutch work, which means precarious work conditions. Um, uh, so after that, we uh, came together, these four people, and... Uh, and created a company and tried, uh, oh, so right now we are trying to, or oh, we, we are a company, but we are trying to create a work life for ourselves where we can experiment with uh, new and better work conditions within our uh, community. And then we are also trying to uh, make money out of trying to change the labor market in general. Uh, and in that, uh, in that uh, context, we have made another project and another magazine, which is about uh, the cooperative movement. What is a cooperative? Um, and uh, yeah, the solidarity economy is, is, of course, related to trying to change uh, how we're working and also uh, why, uh, how it's possible to make, uh, like, what we are working with and what um, uh, making it possible to make money on something that creates meaning and value in the world. Um, and cooperatives makes that possible in some sense. Uh, I have brought a lot of these magazines, so if you're interested in it, you can uh, stop by me and get a, an example. Uh, yes, so also within ourselves, our own community, we, we have equal pay and we try to practice uh, yeah, a solidarity economies within ourselves. So uh, I'm very uh, excited about this track and I'm very curious about what you are going to uh, come up with. And I'm looking forward to supervise you and uh, co-create and imagine 
new solidarity economies with you. So thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Maya, and I am the track ambassador for Digital Utopias. Um, I'm also here representing Cursor, along with Mia over there, uh, who is the track ambassador for Bodies of Care. Um, Cursor is a collective that we started. Um, we take an intersectional feminist and norm-critical approach, uh, bringing together perspectives from different fields to kind of investigate the digital world around us. Um, and we have a magazine and an online community, and we also host events um, here in Copenhagen and very soon in London. So if you find yourself there in May, reach out to us. Um, but basically, the idea for this track was kind of born out of a feeling of the pervasiveness of tech in our world right now, um, a feeling that it's out of our control and that it's in the hands of very few and very powerful people. Um, so I'm very excited to hear what your digital utopias look like, which I know is a very big question, um, but I'm excited to see some creative uh, renditions for your brief. Um, without further ado, I think I'll hand it over to Kritik Digital, uh, Thomas, who is your uh, track partner. Thank you so much. So uh, my name is Thomas. This is Lucas, and we're from uh, Kritik Digital. And um, before we'll introduce ourselves briefly and uh, introduce our organization, I just want to say uh, thanks for the invitation. We're uh, super thrilled. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm a sociolo sociologist by training, and I've been uh, very preoccupied uh, with this like intersection between uh, knowledge and uh, expertise uh, and power, and like this uh, also like the layperson's understanding of technologies and the meeting uh, between between that. And so um, yeah. And uh, I finished last year writing about these uh, Chromebooks, which are everywhere in Danish schools, and nobody knows anything about them. Uh, super fascinating. Uh, yeah, and uh, Lucas? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Lucas. I'm uh, also part of Critique uh, Digital and uh, studying philosophy over there at the University of Copenhagen. Um, do you want to. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So. Um, Kritik Digital. We're um, we're working with this uh, like a, a problem statement or our diagnosis is that uh, we are what we in Danish call we have this very good word muntigarse uh, and when we put digital in front of that it in English is something like digital submission uh, so it's like a, a mix between not knowing enough and being like kind of exploited or kind of taken uh, usage use of uh, in the sense that we are more consumers than we are actually digital citizens. So that's our like working assumption in Critique Digital. And um, yeah, Lucas, could you say something about how we, what we do? Yeah, so we're just a, a volunteer-run uh, group. Uh, we have about 200 members, and uh, we're about 10 active sort of uh, volunteers. Uh, we see ourselves as sort of a grassroots uh, civil rights movement almost, uh, because uh, we feel that... Uh, for a long time, uh, more and more people have been included into this notion of democracy. Uh, and it took a while before everyone was sort of part of that. Uh, but now everyone has moved into this digital space, this digital world where uh, the democratic um, ideals that we've based our society on are still uh, very lacking. But at the same time, we see a really revolutionary potential in, uh, in gathering everyone and being able to inform everyone across the world. Uh, so we also want to see if we can exploit some of these digital spaces to create a more just future. Yeah, and um, so in this um, dig digital utopias track, we are, uh, very, uh, we are looking very much forward to what you will, uh, how you will work with it, how you will work with our brief and uh, particularly interested in how we can break down these knowledge barriers because uh, we experience a lot of people always uh, when we talk with uh, uh, students and just uh, people in general, they're always telling us that, oh, this is super fascinating, it's very important what you're doing, but no one, no one is, um, like when we look out to the uh, more general like society, this is not a 
political matter, the digital is very often just left over to the, to the technocrats and uh, experts and, um, and everybody sort of just gets uh, left out of this uh, very uh, uh, democratic, uh, a lot of these democratic issues that are like uh, black boxed and put away uh, within these uh, technologies. So for us, uh, we're very preoccupied with this uh, breaking down of uh, knowledge barriers and getting uh, people uh, interested in, in joining the conversation and uh, shaping our digital feminist futures. And uh, yeah, so uh, super excited uh, to, uh, to hear what you will uh, come up with. Yeah, thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Mia, and you all primarily know me from spamming you on Slack because I'm running the Slack for this hackathon. Uh, but I'm also a part of Cursor with Maya, who just presented. So I won't go into detail with that, you just heard. But I'm also the track ambassador for Bodies of Care. And um, I'm really excited to see what you all come up with for this track, because I would like to have a future where we have more tech that takes care of us and lets us rest sometime and pushes us to be less productive, feel better, um, and is designed by perhaps a more diverse group of people behind the scenes. Um, that's why I'm super excited that we have Softer to work with us on this track, because they just let us reimagine who can make tech, how it can look, how it should feel, and I would let them present themselves. This is Ida and Nicole from Softer. <laughs> We are a network for shaping softer digital futures. And um, as with all of you, we are working on a feminist consciousness to create a digital future where we can see ourselves and our values represented. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go a bit fast, otherwise it's going to be too long. Yeah. So we've been doing softer <laughs> for three years now, and it actually started with something as romantic as computer hardware because we both studied at the design school of Copenhagen and we always had this kind of interest in the, the more like digital and technological aspects of, of design and art. But we also felt kind of intimidated of it, of feeling like it, we were not really invited into this universe. So we started to talk about like what's going on, why does it feel like this? And also we both wanted to build a computer because that's a good way to get into 3D software that we both have worked with. Uh, and that was also super hard. And then we try to like look into why is it so hard, um, and then you realize it's because <laughs> it looks like this. So this is pretty much the aesthetics of uh, hardware and also of software. It's this very hyper stereotypical masculine universe with fire and smoke and engines and cars and spaceships, and these kind of uh, characters that are always very like they have this attitude that they know more than you. You have to be an expert. You need to be right with everything, and it just doesn't feel very right. And the same thing goes if you are trying to learn a software with, for example, tutorials on YouTube. It's always this kind of this universe that you, you buy into, and we don't really, we don't really like it. But uh, if you haven't tried to learn uh, software through YouTube before, we just made like this little uh, compilation of how it feels. Have a PC. Workstation drivers are very important. Derivatives is Schmidt from Grayscale Gorilla, and it is Cinema 4D R20 gaming tools to create a really cool comic book style shit. You know, go and show somebody and be like, oh, that's so cool, how did you do that? And you're like, I'm a genius in the new X Particles 4. <laughs> Hey, it's Dave from CD Shortcuts. Today, we're going to do this. We're going to create this abstract ring in Cinema 4D. Hey, everybody, it's EJ from iZine.com. I got a fun one today. We're going to talk about using the growing fracture to not just bust things up into smithereens, but to use it in a creative way to create some cool organic ribbon type effects, build it procedurally in a light. We're going to texture it and show you how to build it from scratch. Let's check it out. In today's video, I want to show you <laughs> 10 dope Cinema 4D tips that I'm quite certain many of you haven't heard about. Let's get into it. Prograph. Prograph. 
yeah, yeah. we didn't really feel it. No. <laughs> it's over here. Yeah, and um, so we started to think a lot about like, why was it so hard for us to get into the more digital world and to the techie? Why didn't we feel welcome and why didn't it feel like it like, was meant for us? And um, since we come from a design background, focusing on the aesthetics and how things look and feel was um, a very good starting point for us. So um, yeah, we started making a lot of tutorials actually, where we just took it very slow, did kind of the opposite, embraced the mistakes and um, tried to make something that felt very soft and um, in, in inclusive for people like, uh, like us. Um, yeah, so that was our starting point. Um, and after that, we continued with more educational formats like residencies, both digital and um, physical. And then we did a, wait, there you go. Oh, 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 yes, yeah. <laughs> um, a conference last year, a two-day conference in Space 10, where we gathered um, a lot of people working within um, both uh, art and tech and design and tried to bring out these different perspectives and, and hearing the voices that are not normally heard, like uh, a project like this as well. And um, we've been doing a summer school, um, yeah, together with the catch, catch, catch <laughs> in Helsingør that some of you might know. Um, yeah, and then we are going to do another conference again in a month, actually. Softer Digital Futures, it's called. Yeah, you can uh, read more on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what else? What else? Oh yeah, so yeah. that's why actually when we started software, we had this kind of dream to get into hardware, computer hardware, because we were building computers and it just felt like it was not speaking to us. So we were like, one day we have to design our own hardware. And that's why we came up with the brief where we, that you probably read if you're joining this track, uh, where we want to reimagine hardware and how we relate to the digital uh, devices that we spend so much time with. and how aesthetics matter for how you use your devices and how they matter for how you don't use them and, and who uses them and for what. So we are very excited about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, nope. I think that was it for, uh, <laughs> for us for now. And we are very excited to see what you come up with. And um, thank you so much, both of you and all of you, for uh, doing this and inviting us. Um, yeah. I think uh, we were very excited when we saw that it was all happening and then also very excited to get an invite and yeah thank yeah. you so thank much you.